Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. The story you're about to hear is a true birth story. It's the real deal, and it may not be appropriate for sensitive ears. On today's episode, right when I woke up, it was like I was startled awake and I sat right up and I was like, oh, I just had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of the funniest moments and like all my midwives just laughed and they were like, yep, (laughs) you just had a baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you did. And so like the shock was still like very much there. It was really hard to wrap my head around the fact that like, That is my baby. It came out of my body and I did that. Hello, welcome back to the birth podcast. I'm your host, Christy Williams. This show is all about getting to the real deal, the nitty gritty, all the things that nobody tells you or prepares you for. We're not sugarcoating anything in this show. We want to bring you the real experience so that you can be fully prepared for your own journey into parenthood and you can feel more empowered. Today's episode is a home birth. Are you excited? I am. My guest today is Daisy Edholm. She is a straight up warrior woman. She gave birth at home without any drugs and it was her first baby. She gives such good advice. I'm in such awe of her. She's such a good storyteller. She gives us so many details. It's so helpful. Anyone who's preparing to give birth, especially those of you planning an unmedicated or home birth, you're going to learn a lot from this story. I'm not even going to do a long intro today. I know you're itching to get to the story. So let's just jump right in now. Thank you for doing this. I'm really, yeah, really course. honored you're going to share your, it's a home birth, right? Yes. Ooh, yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so amazing. You are brave. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this was this your first baby? Yeah, it was. Okay. You look yeah. so, okay. If you don't want to answer this, then don't, but you look okay. so fresh faced and youthful. <laughs> are you really oh, young? Thank you. How old are um, you? I'm 27, 28 now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You I'm look good. <laughs> thank you so much. I was looking at your Instagram and I was like, oh my God, she's such a sweet, like young looking mom. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, yeah, of course. So before, you know, when you were a young girl, Mm-hmm. Did you always think you wanted to be a mom or is this something? No. That, okay. <laughs> I used to say I would never have kids ever in my life. Wow. Um, <laughs> I was like dead set against it. And I kind of, I, it's almost like I thought that like, that was just not going to happen for me. So like, don't get my hopes up kind of a thing. Oh. Um, I had just pictured myself being, you know, alone for a long time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never really had any like serious relationships or anything. And so I was just like, yeah, well, you know, I'm destined to be just kind of by myself, which is fine. And I just thought that that was what my life was going to look like. (laughs) So yeah. And then right before I turned 21, I got together with my husband, who I had previously like sort of dated in high school and like it didn't really work out at the time. Um, And so we got back together 
yeah, it was like three weeks before my 21st birthday. And oh. then um, we pretty much were inseparable ever since then. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and so it was, as time went on, it was like, oh, okay. Like I can definitely see myself having kids with him because, you know, it's like, I'm super in love. So, yeah. you know, that's what you do. <laughs> and when did that come up? Did you know he wanted kids or was that a conversation oh. that happened later? He would just kind of bring it up like every now and then, oh, like when we have kids and when we do this and when we do that. And it's like, okay, yeah, like I can see that. <laughs> nice. Aww. Yeah. I yeah. love so got- I love a man who's like willing to talk about a family early on. That's it's, oh, yeah. it feels like it's rare. I don't know. When I was dating, my husband was yeah. the first person I ever met that was like, do you want kids? Because I want kids. I was like, wow, you just bring this right up. And I love it. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So then when you decided, did you, I mean, how was your conception? Did you make a plan to conceive? Was it a surprise? What happened? So it had been a while. We had been married for um, three years. And so we were just kind of like, you know, we just bought a house. I kind of have a a career path. I was actually going to go to beauty school to do nails. Oh, wow. And so I was like, you know what? They say like it takes an average of six months to conceive. So if that's something that we're looking into, we should probably get started. I'll probably like nail school was only going to be like three months long. So I was like, you know, most likely I'm not going to be pregnant during school, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we better just kind of get started and see where it goes. And so the first try, we I ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and so I found out um, two weeks before I was going to start school that I was pregnant. Wow. And I was like, wow, okay, wow. that's not what I thought. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny because I feel like people are almost as surprised it seems to be common, like the people like, because I had the same story where I was like, it's gonna yeah. take six months, but it was the first time. And it feels like there's this narrative and culture that's just gonna take a while. But the truth is, you don't know, it could take the first time, yeah. or it could be a year and Even a half to, yeah, right, yeah. or you might have, you know, need some help conceiving, and you just don't know until you try. And that's like, yeah, something that is hard to prepare as a woman, right? Because yeah, you're the one who's carrying yeah. the baby and it, your life changes immediately. Yeah, exactly. I know. Because we hadn't necessarily been trying, but we weren't really preventing Mm -hmm. either. So we had been doing that for like three years. And I was kind of like, well, you know, if it hasn't really like if we haven't had an accident yet, like it might be difficult. It might be hard, you know, because a lot of times doctors will be like, well, not trying, not preventing is trying, (laughs) you know, so I was kind of under the assumption that it was going to be a little bit more difficult than that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, that's awesome that it was, it took right away. And then how were you feeling in the beginning of your pregnancy? Did you have any symptoms right away or? Um, not too bad. No, the most I ever really felt in the very beginning was like extreme hunger. I was so hungry all the time and I was just really tired, especially with going to school at the same time because I was commuting an hour to my school every day. So an hour there, an hour back, and it was like eight and a half hours there. So it was like, it was pretty tough. And I honestly don't really know how I was able to do it, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's yeah. like immediate, like what, well, you said when you were starting school, you were uh, six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like pretty fresh. <laughs> yeah. That's very fresh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, kudos to you for getting through. Yeah. I was pretty lucky not to have morning sickness or too much nausea or anything like that, mm-hmm. which actually I am 
pregnant again right now. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And I have had the worst nausea and vomiting <laughs> that I wow. have ever experienced. I actually was just diagnosed with hyperemesis. <gasps> I had that. <laughs> yeah. It's a totally different experience this time. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're, yeah. you're going through that. That's yeah. crazy that the first one was, you know what? Isn't that crazy? Every pregnancy is yeah. different. It is so weird. I'm like, I have no idea why or how that it happens like that. But yeah, it is crazy oh, no. how different it is. Oh, but no. I'm doing okay. Okay. Well, if you <laughs> yeah. ever get to the point where like, I mean, and I don't know what you're open to. Everyone, Everyone's different. But I had to get yeah. on medication at a certain point. But mm-hmm. acupuncture really helped me. Oh, and yeah. And that was yeah. the only thing that like, really made me feel like I wasn't gonna die. But I yeah. I think part of it was also like that that my acupuncturist was so he- she had such a healing personality. Oh, yeah. And it was just and I it was like not into acupuncture at all until I, I was like, fine, I'll try it. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I hope that it's, you know, temporary. I don't know how pregnant yeah. you are. But um, uh, yeah, I'm about 12 weeks. So oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Are you going to find out the gender? Yes, yes. I can't wait. (laughs) Great, great. Okay, so back to the first pregnancy, though, did you find out the gender with that one? Yes, I did. Um, I found out pretty early on with the uh, genetic screening test at 10 weeks. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's called NIPT or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. NIPT literally stands for non-invasive prenatal testing. It's a genetic screening test. And also people can find out the gender of their baby from that test, which is why so many people find out so early these days at nine or 10 weeks. And so that came back um, low risk for everything. And they told me I was having a girl. So I was like, yep. And right then I knew her name. I knew like... I was just like, okay, well, we're going to call her Olive, Olive Penelope. And it's like, I felt like really connected just from that moment on. Like I was like ready. Um, And I never really had much anxiety either, which I think is interesting because this time around I do. Hmm. Um, But yeah, I just always felt like it was going to be okay. Everything was going to be fine. This is my baby and I'm going to have my baby. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's great that you felt that way. And I'm curious and we'll get to it maybe later or you can share now, but I'm curious if you feel like maybe you're having anxiety now because of your birth, but you don't have to tell me at the moment, (laughs) but do you think that might have something to do with it? think so because I really had like just mostly positive experience with the birth Mm. like I really when I look back on it I don't have any like bad feelings or um any like I I really wasn't even carrying any fear into the birth Mm. either so I don't I really don't know I think it's just well how old is Olive um she is not even a year old yet (laughs) She Maybe that has to something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. My son is yeah. um 16 months and mm. I still am at the point where I'm like, I don't know how people have two kids that are so close together. Yeah. Uh, but that's just me projecting, so, you know. Oh no, I wonder the same thing. Yeah. And I wonder how I'm going to do it. So that it probably is the fact that they are going to be, you know, only 18 months apart. Mm. <laughs> Which will be tough, but Wow, that's okay. So I want to know everything. In your pregnancy, was Mm -hmm. there anything that surprised you at all? Or were you sort of like, okay, this is manageable? 
I'm fine because it sounds like you didn't have anxiety, but did anything come up? You know, I really just didn't like being pregnant in general. I was not a huge fan. The sensations of like her moving were really bizarre to me. It never felt natural or normal. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. always very weird. The heartburn, I had really bad heartburn and it felt like nothing I could do like (laughs) could make it better. Mm -hmm. I also feel like my belly got really big really quick and just stayed big. Mm. Like I feel like it wasn't like a gradual growth and it turns out I had a lot of amniotic fluid, which is probably why. Um, But yeah, (laughs) so it was just kind of like I felt like I got really huge and really uncomfortable really quickly and it just didn't stop. (laughs) So it was hard physically just in general and like, you know, the normal things that pregnant women go through, like lower back pain and, you know, your feet hurt after a certain point of time and, you know, you're standing on your feet, even just doing the dishes is like so uncomfortable. Just little things like that. It was just like, I didn't like feeling so uncomfortable in my own body. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it was just kind of like, it was okay because I was going to, you know, it's going to be over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's at you least know. there's an end date, right? It just yeah. seems like the end date is 50 years from now sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> As opposed yeah, to I nine know. months. Oh my gosh. I was really hoping that it was going to end early, but uh, that was not the case. So. <laughs> okay. So what was yeah. your birth plan? Did you, because it sounded like you were going to an OB for the tests and stuff, but. Um, no, what, actually. Oh, okay. Tell me, tell me what your care was yeah. like and what was your birth plan? From the very beginning, I went to um, a, like midwife care, um, which I just always kind of, I always pictured myself using a midwife. My older sister has uh, five kids of her own and her third was a home birth, which I had attended actually. So so that's kind of what put me on to home birth in general. And she just like did such a great job. It was a, such a peaceful, like calming environment that she had made. And it was like super quick. And she said it was the least um, painful of all of her births. So I was like, you know what? I have seen it. I know it can be successful. Like sign me up for that because I just have like hospital anxiety in general. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like did some research and everything kind of like right after I got married, just because I was like, well, if I'm going to have kids, like I want to know everything there is about having kids. So among that research, I just kind of was like, okay, like I really think I could do home birth. So when we moved to the area, I still like wasn't really ready to get pregnant or anything like that. But I had looked up midwives and everything because I wanted to just like be prepared. So I had actually chosen who I wanted to be my midwife like two years before I even got pregnant. Wow. (laughs) Because I feel like I'm just like kind of need to be in control of certain things. So Mm -hmm. having all of the information was really um, important to me and really helped me get to the place where I could be like ready to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. 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 So she worked out of um, a birth center, but offered birth center or her home birth, um, which was really nice because at first I kind of thought my husband might be more on the birth center side of things because he was just a little bit like hesitant but like he said whatever makes you feel more comfortable Uh and um can I ask a naive question because I I didn't have a home birth and I'm still learning about them um Mm -hmm. but I'm wondering with the with a birth center 
Is it that they're equipped to handle emergencies better? Or do you still need to go to a hospital if you're at a birth center if there's an emergency? What's the scenario there? Um, Yeah. So with this birth center, it was like an out of hospital birth as well. So it really just like they provide the, the space, the, you know, there's a nice big jacuzzi tub and everything. And it's just kind of like more of a controlled environment. Um, And since like where we live, we're about 15 minutes away from the nearest hospital. And that would have been um, in the town where the hospital is. So it would just be maybe like a five minute transfer instead of a 15 minute transfer if necessary. So, um, yeah, but other than that, it was more expensive to do, which you have to kind of pay out of pocket for midwifery care most of the time. Right. Yeah. So we decided, you know, I'm more comfortable with home birth. He said, whatever makes you more comfortable. I said, cool, let's do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah, so, so from the very beginning, you were with a mm-hmm. midwife and yeah. she would just like write you a prescription to go get the test or how did that work with the... Yeah. So since she's a, a certified nurse midwife, okay, so she great. was able to um, like order all the labs um, and do everything like that. Like she was really well equipped um, with a lot of things. Like the only thing I don't think she could do is maybe like write a prescription. Mm-hmm. But actually, the other day I had to go in and get an IV, and she just did it right there in her office. Oh, so, great for the hypermesis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. oh, yeah, girl. yeah. I feel you. So, <laughs> but it's just it's nice, especially right now, to not have to like go get admitted to a hospital for that. Um, so yeah. I, I felt pretty lucky for that. So that's true. Yeah. Good. Yeah, they have a lot of stuff. So she at every point it was like anything, any question I had had, she was like, this is the plan. This is what we would do. This is how I've like handled that in the past or mm-hmm. whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering for anyone listening, mm-hmm. what would you advise any mom to be listening that's never given birth before that doesn't know how what to, questions to ask of a midwife? You know, mm-hmm. what were sort of some of the things that you asked her to know for certain that she was the person for you? Um, I asked like how many hospital transfers she had had. And at the time she had only had one hospital transfer out of her like 150 births that she had attended. Um, and that was just due to uh, maternal exhaustion. It wasn't an emergency transfer. So, um, that was kind of nice to know that she had never, you know, had any situation where it was like totally emergent. Yeah. Um, which, it, you know, put my mind at ease a little bit. And mm-hmm. then what the, the policy for her would be like, if my water broke prematurely and I wasn't going into labor, like how long will you let me try to labor at home? You know, what yeah. are some things that we can do to get labor going if it's not How did she say? Things because like I had a premature rupture of membranes and I did mm-hmm. not know that that was a thing. <laughs> and yeah. so now in hindsight, I wish that I'd had that knowledge and like known that I could have maybe stayed at home a little bit longer. But do, mm-hmm. do you remember what she said about that? Um, she likes to give her clients 48 hours okay yeah which as long as I the know, baby's doing okay she probably is checking yeah. all the time right yeah. yeah and um at that point she probably wouldn't be doing like any cervical checks or anything like that because then the the risk of infection is a lot higher yeah. at that point so uh but yeah so that was really nice to know and mm-hmm. it was kind of like okay like what would you do if there was a shoulder dystocia like <laughs> you wow. know these things that like i have heard about and been like okay that seems scary you know so in case you were like me and was like wait hold on what did you just say shoulder dystocia 
Uh, what's that? I looked it up for us all. And it's just when the baby's shoulder gets stuck after its head's been born. It's very rare, less than 1% of the time this happens when you're giving birth, but it is a serious thing when it happens. It is considered an emergency, which is why I love that Daisy was so prepared and asked her midwife everything. Because when you have a home birth, it's good to know in emergency situations, like even if they're very rare, what would your midwife do? I think that's really smart. You are a planner. I love you. Yeah. You're on top of it, girl. I was when not I, this yeah. on top of it. That's awesome. It was like, it was a control thing. I just mm-hmm. needed to know every possible to be able to like, at least put my mind at ease that if anything on this spectrum happened, I would at least be like educated on it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Which I, I, it was a lot of energy to put in, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad I did because now I'm like obsessed with birth and everything about it. (laughs) Yeah. So as you're planning, I mean, you're obviously you're a planner and you know, Mm -hmm. you're like researching all this stuff and you know all about the potential scenarios. Did Mm -hmm. you, how are you feeling emotionally as your due date's approaching? Were you feeling like nervous at all still? Or did you feel like, well, whatever happens, happens. And tell me as you know, you're entering the end of the pregnancy and, and uh, where were you at? Yeah, I was ready to get the show on the road. I like wanted it to happen. I was anxious at any like twinge or anything like is it the start is it going to happen like I was almost too excited like for it to start that I feel like it wasn't going to happen like mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just waiting to be like okay is there anything I can do can I do this can I take uh any like what can I do you know and they were like don't do the castor oil like just don't <laughs> like, oh wow because I was like ready to drink it and they were like no you're gonna get dehydrated like how many weeks were you were you like 30 I would say from 37 weeks on I right. was like it's gonna happen soon <laughs> and my midwife's like probably not <laughs> wow. I was like but it might and she was like yeah you're a first-time mom like most first-time moms go over their due date <laughs> mm. I'm like oh well I don't want to I want to be the one that's early um and so at 39 weeks I had her start like checking me and she was like you're not dilated <laughs> like okay but maybe I could be <laughs> she's oh like no <laughs> so she was like I can try to do a membrane sweep and I was like do it um, how what did that feel like Honestly, she was pretty gentle. She has okay. like small hands. So it really wasn't that bad. It was just a little uncomfortable. Right. But she really couldn't do a full sweep because I wasn't really dilated. dilated so right. yeah, that's <laughs> what I was wondering is like, how do they yeah. even get in there? Okay. Yeah. I was like yeah. one centimeter. So she was like, okay, like I can try my best. Like, right, <laughs> like right. okay, fine. And so then I came back at 40 weeks and uh, she did it again and was like, you're not dilated anymore. Like any symptoms? I'm like, no, but I want there to be. <laughs> and so then I ended up going back in, I think at um, 40 weeks plus six days. Okay. So, cause that was a Friday and she doesn't work on Saturdays. So then she had me do like a non-stress test. So I sat there for, you know, the 20 or 30 minutes and listened to the heart rate and everything. Everything looked good. So I knew my, that Olive was just fine in there and everything was going to be okay. And I was just like, okay, like it's got to happen soon. Right. Like, <laughs> cause you can't give birth at home after 42 weeks. Right. You just get risked out, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they just want to like 
to you to go to a hospital and get induced. Just the laws in California, a midwife can't attend a birth after 42 right. weeks. So is there any, was there any sort of ways that, that she could have helped induce you naturally? Yeah, there were definitely some things we were trying. She had given me what's called a black cohosh and blue cohosh. Hmm. And they're like herbal tinctures. And she had given me instructions on how to use them. So take one drop of each of them and then do breast pumping for 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and do that every hour on the hour for six hours in a row, which was really intense. And she was like, this is what worked for me with my first, like it put me right into labor. So I did that for a day and I did nothing. And then Mm. (laughs) I tried it again the next day and it did nothing. And then that was all before the non-stress test. That was like right after my due date. And so I did that for a couple of days and then I was like, okay, well, I'm done trying this. This is annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I, I haven't ever like used a breast pump on non, like, you know, before it's giving annoying. birth. Is that weird? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird, but you know, whatever. I you got to try whatever. Yeah. Exactly. I was willing to try anything. I was walking on a treadmill for hours at a time. I was like, let's do this. And yeah. my baby was just like, no, nah, I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> They really arrive when they want to, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so man. That, yeah, so that Friday when I did the non-stress test, she did another, like, little sweep. And I was, she was like, yeah, I could say you're, like, maybe two centimeters. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then after that appointment, we went um, down to the beach and took a walk and walked around for, like, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes. And I was like, so uncomfortable, you know? So then um, we came home, I took a nap and I was like, well, it's not going to happen. Like, and this was a full moon night too. And Mm. I was like hoping for sure, like the Mm -hmm. full moon was going to like make something happen. But then I was like, man, nothing's happening. I'm just going to take a nap and whatever. Woke up and still nothing was happening. And so, um, I was like texting my sister and was like, you want to go out to dinner? Like (laughs) just try to get my mind off of it. So me, my husband and my sister all went out to dinner and right when she had texted me that she was like on her way, I got a pretty strong contraction Mm. and I was like, this is different than the Braxton Hicks I've been having. Like this is definitely different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And I told my husband, I was like, I think, I think they're starting. And he was like, okay like <laughs> like i've heard you say that too many times like, yeah. <laughs> how was your husband with all this was he you know was he feeling nervous or prepared or you, you know, know i'm not really positive he stayed like really calm and normal and just like like everything's gonna be fine if he was feeling any sort of like nerves or anything like that he did a very good job of hiding it from Mm -hmm. me which I feel like is a good thing yeah yeah (laughs) you're already dealing with enough you can't like take care of him I guess (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) curious you know it's (laughs) like a thing becoming parents you just go like oh yeah Uh, yeah wow so so you're at the you so you're gonna say oh my gosh this is different Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah and they they started to come pretty regularly pretty fast right after that they were lasting like maybe 30 seconds at the most but they were five minutes apart so they were like really close together from the very beginning but they weren't that bad they were like 
you know, hard period cramps, but not Mm -hmm. unmanageable, I wouldn't say. So we ended up going to dinner and I started kind of timing them at dinner. There were certain points where I just like couldn't really talk through them, but you know, everything was fine. I was still enjoying dinner eating and it was fine and it just kept going and we got home and it kept going and so I was like okay like I'm gonna text my midwife (laughs) let her know what's going on and she was like well sounds like early labor you know you should probably try to get some rest uh you know Mm -hmm. the the normal stuff and yeah everything like that so I think it was about 9.30, I decided, okay, well, I'll take a shower and get ready for bed and try to get some sleep through mm-hmm. it. And so I laid down, and I remember they got so intense, like, right after I had laid down hmm. that I had to get right back up because I was like, this hurts laying down. Like, I can't handle yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was, yeah, around 11, I got up and just kind of, like, walked around and stuff trying to just feel a little bit better and like leaning on things and stuff like that. And it started to get pretty, pretty hard, I think. And we called the midwife around 1 a.m. Okay. So 1 a.m. between Friday and Saturday. So Saturday morning. And she ended up coming out and checking me and I was still just two centimeters. (laughs) And I was like, Ooh, I think the first night that night was mentally the hardest for me because it was it got really intense really quickly and i didn't really know how exactly to handle it just yet yeah. and i ha- think i had said like oh i hate this at one point when my midwife was there and she was like nope you got to cut that off right now right you can't be mentally there you have to you have to surrender to it and so i was like yeah. okay ooh that's right. so like, hard i know yeah. i know the feeling though of like Cause this, this like number scale, right? Yeah. It's like one to 10. And when you mm-hmm. feel like this can't get any worse and you're still at a two, mm-hmm. cause girl, I was there and you're like, yeah. what is happening right now? It feels yeah. like you're a little powerless. And yeah, there's, did you feel like you were prepared with pain coping techniques or uh, were you sort of reliant on the expertise of your midwife and like as you were preparing for birth sorry Mm -hmm. I know I'm jumping back but I'm just curious if like you had any sort of you'd practice with your husband any sort of methods or I don't know like did you feel like that was just in the moment when you were feeling the pain it was like that's not helping or yeah I mean for a little while I tried to do a little bit of like hypnobirthing and stuff which I never really did probably enough of the little like recordings and stuff to make it that worth it really. Mm-hmm. But I had like listened to the whole audiobook on hypnobirthing. And so I kind of had had, you know, an idea of what I had wanted to do and stuff like that. And I was thinking that it was going to be a little like easier when the time had come to be able to go to that place, which <laughs> um, eventually I did. I eventually I figured it out, but oh, wow. at, at first it was like, it was just more intense than I had anticipated sort of imagined. Yeah. 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 If you haven't heard of hypnobirthing, it's pretty much exactly how it sounds. According to mayoclinic.com, hypnobirthing is a birthing method that uses self-hypnosis and relaxation techniques to help a woman feel physically, mentally, and spiritually prepared and reduce her awareness or fear, anxiety, and pain during childbirth. Hypnobirthing classes generally teach participants to practice and use a combination of music, 
visualization, positive thinking, and words to relax the body and control sensations during labor. Hypnobirthing can be used in combination with other birthing techniques. Research examining the benefits of hypnobirthing is mixed. However, some research suggests that hypnobirthing might be more effective than other interventions at reducing labor pain, and a lot of people swear by it. If this is a method you want to try, just keep in mind, it requires some practice and planning ahead to really be prepared to enter that space once labor begins. Also, my body decided that throwing up was like my way of coping. (laughs) So like right then, like I had just, I had thrown up probably three times before my midwife had even got there from like the pain. Okay, And so that kind of, it scared me because they had, you know, I had heard like, oh, when you're throwing up, it's transition, which not all the time, apparently, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, so that's why I kind of like started to get a little bit scared. It was like, Uh, is this going way faster than I thought? Right, right. You know, But it no, it was not. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> so, that's good to know that if yeah. you're if you're throwing up, it doesn't necessarily mean baby's yeah. about to come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that kind of that continued pretty much all night. Just every now and then, there when a really hard working contraction would come along, then I would throw up, which was you know it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so wow. Uh, okay, so she she mm-hmm. was there. She checked you. You mm-hmm. got this quote unquote bad news that you know, you weren't progressing. And then what, what did she say? And what happened next? She said we could go ahead and get like the birth tub set up. So that was kind of nice. And my husband went ahead and started working on that, getting everything ready for that. And while I just kind of like continued to labor, Mm -hmm. you know, monitoring everything and the contractions were still pretty close together and getting a little longer and a lot more intense and stuff. So we just had like movies on in the background and trying my best to, you know, breathe through everything and relax my face and, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all those things. And then uh, once the tub finally got set up, when I got in there, it was such a relief. It was like nice and warm. And like my contractions actually got a little bit further apart, actually, okay. and a little bit less intense. So I was able to kind of like rest in the tub, which was nice. Okay, But yeah, that ended up being not good towards the end of labor because every time I got in the tub, it would slow way down and then like not progress. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Which I had heard that it's possible that that would be the case, but it wasn't, you know, probable, I would say. But that did happen for me, which Hmm. it was nice when I did need to rest because it was quite the long labor. But Other than that, it was just sort of a bummer because I had like pictured this beautiful water birth, which didn't end up happening. So (laughs) yeah, so all through the night, I just like continued to labor. And then we checked in with the midwife again in the morning and she came by between like seven and eight in the morning. And I had not really progressed much (laughs) again. It was like maybe three centimeters. She was like, Mm. yeah, we're still like not really doing much. And I was like, ah, crap. (laughs) But but as the sun came up, my contractions actually spaced out and got a little bit less intense and everything. And so most of the day during Saturday, I was able to take a couple of naps and like eat some food and keep everything down. And I was, you know, in good spirits and being like, okay, like it's fine. And I was like talking and laughing and I was lightly laboring, I would say, but it wasn't... The contractions weren't intense as they were in the middle of the night. And Mm. 
I was able to get some rest and everything, which was nice, but I also like had kind of thought it would be over by then. So (laughs) it's like a double-edged sword because you need your energy for the, the intense part coming. But at the same time, you're like, okay, but can this be done already? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was up, uh, up all night and then I'm still only getting like 15, 20 minute naps here and there. So it's not like I'm like super rested or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You know, the night came and it all kind of like ramped up again even though like everybody was tired and they all got to go to bed and I was like okay well now I'm just gonna labor by myself (laughs) and we didn't end up calling my midwife that night we just kind of I don't know just let it ride just because I was like you know it didn't happen last night so I'm probably gonna be just fine right so I just kept sorry I'm just wondering um if there was any reason to be like checking the baby at this point or it's just she wasn't worried about the baby at all and yeah since the non-stress test and everything was fine okay and I hadn't like my waters hadn't broken or anything like that then she was just like all right you know if anything else happens let me know right right you know if my waters had broken or anything like that I would have you know given her a call but that still wasn't the case (laughs) gotcha Gotcha. yeah so I just you know I would get in the shower and that would relieve a lot of like the pain too. That was really nice. So I was like in the shower, out of the shower, in the tub, out of the tub. I couldn't lay down because that was like the worst position ever. Hmm. My favorite position was standing up, leaning on either like a countertop or my dresser or something and kind of just like having that to brace myself. It was pretty intense that whole night. And then finally the morning came and my midwife came out again. So it's Sunday morning at this point and I've been laboring since Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> and a so, long time. She, yeah. So she came back, checked me and said, you're about four centimeters. <laughs> like, you know, some progress is progress, but it wasn't like, like great as much as I had thought it was going to be. And so she was like, okay, well, we have to get this going now. We have to pick it up yeah so she had me do the black and blue cohosh again with more pumping okay we would do that every half an hour instead of every hour and then she also had some like homeopathics for labor and for pain relief that she gave me i'm not exactly sure what it was but sure yeah i'll take it like (laughs) did you feel like that did anything or was it just um Yeah, I think so. I mean, I ended up progressing pretty quickly once like we started doing all these things. And she had me doing a few different spinning babies moves. If you've heard of spinning babies or not. Was your baby Olive maybe in the posterior position or something? What was the spinning baby move? I mean, Um, I thought that was to move the baby, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it was actually it was more, I think, to like relax the muscles around my pelvis okay you know so she did like a sideline release and had me do um the like an inversion and stuff okay um which I had been doing like the inversion for a little while just to kind of just because she had recommended it. Just FYI, if you haven't heard of spinning babies before I'm going to put a link in the show notes that you can check out and learn more about it okay So we had done that and then she had me take a walk outside, which I really did not want to do. But (laughs) I was like, "Mm, please don't. So we walked um, around the neighborhood and I had to like walk up a hill 
Oof. And then have you ever heard of curb walks? I haven't, no. Oh, yeah. So it's like you're walking along a curb with one foot on the curb and one foot off. Okay. Is it to, for, to help open your pelvis or what's the idea with that? I really have no idea okay. exactly. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. <laughs> I had heard about it before too. I had seen other people do it to try to get labor going. So That doesn't like, sound oh. fun though. It was not. Yeah, going up a hill and it was like there are people driving by and I'm like they think I'm crazy. Like <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time I was walking, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah. So according to my research, curb walking is done to help open up the pelvis and engage the baby against your cervix. But it's only effective if your body is already in labor or ready to go into labor. So it doesn't really work to induce labor. It just helps to progress the labor as you're going. If you don't want to walk on a curb, a lot of people online suggest bouncing on a yoga ball. It recreates sort of a similar motion to help the baby engage with your cervix and open your pelvis. I don't know. It's worth a try. It's where anything's worth a try, right? We got back and it had been, I don't know, maybe like two or three hours and she checked me again and I was dilated to six. Okay. So it was like, okay, okay. stuff is happening. Right. I feel good about that. And so I just kind of like continued laboring. Um, I really liked the counter pressure okay. on my back. So like my husband, my midwife and my sister all would take turns just really like giving me a lot of counter pressure on my lower back, mm -hmm. which felt so much better than just without it. Yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, they were quite the team. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just continued kept laboring and I feel like it probably started to get pretty intense around like maybe eight o'clock at night. On, on this is Sunday, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is kind of where it gets like fuzzy for me because if you have ever, you know, been in labor, once it gets to a certain point, it's like you kind of just enter what they call like labor land mm -hmm. and you just kind of go inside and it's really intense and you just right. like you know, especially after no sleep for yeah, exactly, yeah, forty eight hours and <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to enter um your deep deepest primal place. Oh to, yeah, to get through it. Yeah, so even at this point, my water still had not broken. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember them checking me because I felt sort of pushy, like I might want to push, but like not. Mm. I don't know. I was like, I feel like I kind of want to, but I also kind of don't. And they realized I was fully dilated on one side, but not fully dilated on the other. So I kind of, it wasn't necessarily a cervical lip, but it was like, I just hadn't dilated fully, fully, like all the way around. Right. They were like, you could push, but like, I don't know. And then they kind of just let me do my own thing. They were like, go with how you feel. If you feel like pushing, push. If you don't, then don't. So I kind of did, kind of didn't. And then at one point, they kind of were noticing that I was dehydrated because I'd been up for so long and I'd been puking so much and yeah. not really able to keep much down. So they wanted to try to um, get an IV in. They tried twice and weren't able to get the IV. Oh. So they decided, you know, we're not going to poke you anymore. <laughs> I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, you're going to drink this water, drink some Gatorade. They brought me some honey to eat. 
And then one of the midwives put peppermint oil under mm. my nose and we're like, you got to wake up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, I can do this. And then they said, you know, we can offer to break your water now if you would like. And so I decided, uh, yeah, like, let's get this moving. <laughs> like yeah. at this point, yeah, yeah, I will do whatever. So yeah. they ended up breaking my water and yeah, it got, the pressure got way more intense at that point. Yeah. The baby came um, down on you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she was really low the whole time. Like she had just been really low. Um, so yeah, they broke my water and I just like, I remember not really wanting to open my eyes like at all. Like I just didn't really want to see anything that was going on or anything like that. The student midwife was there listening to the baby's heartbeat, heart rate with the Doppler, Mm. like most of the time. That was kind of annoying because, you know, there's something just touching you yeah, like all the time, but I wasn't going to like make a big deal about it because I'm like, they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't need to hear her heart rate. So, right. You right. know, so it was just kind of like letting them do their thing. Were they ever concerned or did you even know if they were, you know, were they just checking? You don't know? I had no idea if they were concerned or not. Right, right. They weren't sharing that with me if they were. Right. Well, um, they would have, <laughs> if anything was really concerning them, I'm sure they would have let you Yeah, know. exactly. Um, and the two midwives most of the time were out of the room kind of letting me labor and they would come in and check every now and then. But the student midwife would stay in there and she was listening to the heart rate and everything and then they came in and were like all right you're gonna need to start pushing like real pushing (laughs) I was like okay so you were dilated all the way then or were they just gonna try to do it without being fully dilated I was still a little bit not dilated on one side of my Mm -hmm. cervix okay so but I do think that the water breaking had helped open that up a little bit I'm from what I remember, they weren't super concerned about it. Okay. I think I was in the tub at first when I started to push. And okay. then they did end up getting me out of there because it just like it wasn't helpful or effective. And I actually like kind of had a hard time with the pushing and I really wasn't a fan of it, oh. which is funny because a lot of the like stories that I had consumed during pregnancy were like, oh, pushing is my favorite part. You know, you're finally active mm. and you finally have like a role in the labor and everything like that. And I was like, kind of looking forward to it but at this point I think I was just too exhausted to be able to like enjoy any of it (laughs) I was like not wanting to push at all and I actually was so tired that I remember like faking pushes sometimes because I just did not have the energy to do it and my midwife was like okay these pushes are not effective (laughs) I'm like maybe because I'm faking it but I didn't (laughs) tell her that (laughs) so um she actually like coached me and like pushed on a spot and was like push back on this spot you know Mm -hmm. for your pushes and so uh, and she said she was like I usually don't have to do that but your pushes were really ineffective (laughs) were you feeling the any urgency or not even really not really it was just kind of like it was so uncomfortable that you kind of have you kind of want to go into it but it wasn't the like fetal ejection response that I had imagined. Right. It wasn't until I had been pushing for probably like two hours that I actually feel like I had that feeling. Okay. So maybe the olive was just a little bit further up or something then. I don't know. That's interesting. I never heard of that. Yeah. So like 
you weren't having the urgency, but then you said you were pushing for two hours. It was about two and a half total. So yeah, oh, okay. so it was like towards the very end of you know the labor. I finally felt that like really urgent. Like you gotta push and you gotta push hard. Right. And so we had like moved to the bed, and I was doing a lot of pushing on all fours. Then they wanted me to turn over and I did not want to do that. And they, my midwife came up to my face and she was like, okay, it's time. You have to turn over. And I was like, no. And she was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. Like, all right. <laughs> like that kind of like, she was very yeah. stern and she was yeah. like, it's time. So they helped me flip over, you know, onto my back, but I was really propped up. Mm-hmm. And then my husband had one of my legs and my sister was on the other side and holding the other one and it was like I think maybe two two or three pushes and she was out Wow! <laughs> tell yeah. me about that moment okay did you feel like yes. the ring of fire that they talk about did they feel- oh yeah <laughs> okay can you please tell me about that yeah so it actually so I would I remember the like first push I really like felt very strongly that I needed to push and I wanted to continue. And they told me, no, back off. You know, they had an oxygen mask and were like, breathe the oxygen. You need to give your baby oxygen. I was like, I want to keep pushing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I like felt the need to so bad. And they were like, okay, like, all right, push again. And I knew I was like, okay, like I'm going to do it. And they I pushed so hard that like her head came out. I took one deep breath in, pushed again, and her whole body just like flew out. (laughs) Wow. You got it done. Yeah. Even like the midwives were like, whoa, we've never seen that before. Like she launched like (laughs) to the point where like the student midwife was right there and like had to like catch her, like actually catch her. It was really crazy. And then what did that feel like? Like, did you feel relief? Oh, yeah. It was crazy. The craziest amount of relief and followed by, like, the biggest, like, explosion of water. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. So you still had a ton of fluid in there. So much. It was wow. so much. Yeah, they were pretty shocked at the amount of water. And they were like, wow, okay, so that might be one of the reasons why. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was crazy. But I totally forgot to mention, when they had broke my water, they realized that she had passed meconium. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But they weren't super duper concerned about it because apparently it was pretty small amount. But okay. when they put her on my chest, it was like all over me. <laughs> Oh, it was okay. So there yeah, was so it was like stuck to her, and then it was all over me. But they like got her all cleaned up, and I actually I think because I was so exhausted and tired, like I actually kind of went into shock, like deer in the headlights, like mm. shocked, like oh my god, like were that you shaking? Is... No, not too bad. Okay, um, but I was like I was really hot, I was really warm, and my eyes were like wide open, like oh my god, what just happened? And I remember the first thing I said was like, oh my God, my vagina hurts. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause of course it, all, it like, does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. Like that was just kind of the first thing that came to my head. Like, not like, oh my God, I just had my baby. Like, oh, my vagina. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so wow. they, 
got her cleaned up. She was breathing just fine, was crying and everything. And just like, it was the craziest experience just looking down at her little face. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's something that you really can't prepare for. No. And you have no idea what it's going to be like, because I feel like it's, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Especially because I was so tired and you probably were very tired yeah. too. Oh yeah. Like- <laughs> I thought I was going to faint. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, we did our hour of skin to skin. My placenta kind of had retained for a little while. Okay. They weren't they weren't super duper concerned, but they were starting to be like, okay, like you really need to like get this placenta out. Yeah. And they did. They had given me um, a shot of Pitocin in my leg to help with that. To help it detach. Yeah. And that burned. <laughs> I was yeah. like, ow. <laughs> that hurt really bad. But they, you know, it's nice that the midwives are able to have that. And they had yeah. a few other things just in case of like a hemorrhage or anything like that, which I had asked previously about. Right. Right. But I, yeah. So they had given me the shot of Pitocin and they were like, all right, like it seems like it's just barely attached you know, because they were up in there trying to figure it out. And they were like, give me a good cough. <laughs> and I was so exhausted that I couldn't even cough. I kept being like, Ugh. and they were like, no, like a cough. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and they were like, no, like that's not coughing. <laughs> and so, like, finally it was able to detach and everything was fine. Daisy, sorry. We got to take a break. You ready for some fun animal facts? Oh boy. Reproduction in the animal kingdom is crazy, let me tell you. Like, here's one. Banana slugs mate using penises on their heads. And by the way, they're hermaphrodites, so they have both male and female parts. But these slugs have very large penises. The same size as their entire body, actually, up to six to eight inches long. Sometimes they even get stuck inside each other and the one that's not stuck chews the penis off so the other one can go free. (laughs) That's weird. Here's another one. Tasmanian devils. They're marsupials from Australia. They're only pregnant about three weeks, but when they give birth, they have about 20 to 40 babies. The problem is there's only four nipples. So there's a mad rush to get to the nipple in time and all of the babies that don't make it, the mother eats. Oh, barbaric, but it's true. Aren't you glad you're a human? Yeah, me too. My husband had kind of thought he wasn't going to be very, like, into seeing everything. But once it was going on, he was, like, really into it. And they were, like, showing him the placenta and everything. And he was like, wow, like, that's so cool. And he got to, like, cut the cord and everything. He was really into it. So good. Yeah. So he did end up watching the whole. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
which he didn't think he was going to be able to do. And I was a little, you know, like a little worried, you know, I don't want him to pass out or anything like that. But he was, yeah, in the moment he was like super into it, which was such a miracle. And all those things you worry about, like even some women worry so much about pooping and they worry so much about vomiting and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, well, I mean, that's true, but this has been happening for all of time, and this yeah. is how we all got here, and like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're primal little beasts, you know? So, yeah, like, let's exactly. get into it. It's so miraculous. Yeah, I did poop at, at some point, but it was, like, not even on my radar. I was like, yeah. whatever. Like, you they're handling care. it. They yeah. they know it's normal. Like, I, whatever. Like, it's Oh, fine. completely. So. <laughs> I mean, that's how yeah. your body is, is supposed to act. That's amazing that he was, yeah. like, in awe of the whole thing. Did you yeah. have any injuries to your body? Did you? Yeah. Okay. So I did have a second-degree tear um, internally. So it wasn't oh. really, like, it wasn't external at all. I My perineum was fine. But oh, okay. it was just a, a small um tear internally so after like the hour of skin to skin and um she like had her first latch and everything then they had handed her off to my husband for skin to skin and they were like okay we're gonna you know give you some uh lidocaine and get you sutured up and so I was like okay and after that I actually that's it or something I'm not sure Uh, okay (laughs) they were gonna numb they were gonna numb okay but did it (laughs) did you did you feel numb when they were doing it or um yeah no I didn't feel a thing I actually ended up um sleeping oh so I fell asleep (laughs) oh good while they were suturing me up which my midwife was like that was the first I've never had anybody fall asleep (laughs) you were tired yeah I was so exhausted so I had a little nap and then they gently woke me up to um, get me to go to the bathroom after. And right when I woke up, it was like I was startled awake and I sat right up and I was like, oh, I just had a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was like one of the funniest moments and like all my midwives just laughed and they were like, yep, (laughs) you just had a baby. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you did. And so like the shock was still like very much there and I was just still so tired and exhausted. I just couldn't, it was really hard to wrap my head around the fact that like that is my baby. It came out of my body and I did that. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. So you went, you had to go to the bathroom and what was yeah. that like for you? Um, it was fine. It was okay. just kind of like, they brought me in there and kind of like held me up and stuff. And I went pee and yeah, it burned and hurt and everything, but I was able to do it, which, okay. you know, is, yeah. they Did you feel like prepared sure. for the fact that that would hurt? Cause I was not, <laughs> I, I mean, it makes sense logically, yeah. but <laughs> I definitely feel like I like had mentally prepared for postpartum mm-hmm. as well as I think I could have. I knew it was going to be weird, but I didn't necessarily know how. But right. yeah, I knew it was like, okay, yeah, it's going to hurt. Like I had gotten all the things that, you know, they tell you to be prepared to have and everything. And they use the Perry bottle and yeah. things like that. But it was just... Yeah, it, you know, it didn't hurt any worse than <laughs> what right. I had just went through. So I was oh, like, well, okay, sure. well, that's for fine. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they like, they got the bed all ready and everything. And I think it was like 3.30 in the morning and they, I had um, Olive on my chest and they were just like, okay, like, we're going to go now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And they were like, all right, so 
uh, set your alarm. You're going to need to wake up every two hours and feed her. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and we had actually, so after the first latch, we had had a little bit of a tougher time latching the second time, just because I think we were both so tired, mm. you know, and my midwife had actually left us with like a little bag of breast milk. Okay. Like donated actually, breast milk? Breast milk? Yeah, from her. She oh, donated okay. it to us. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And they had kind of went over if, you know, she's not able to latch, go ahead and spoon feed her. Okay. You know, a little bit, you know, because right. uh, when they first uh, come out, they don't need a lot. So we were able to do that a couple of times and then in the middle of the night. And then when we woke up in the morning, my sister who has had all the children came and helped us and we ended up getting a pretty good latch okay, that good. morning. So, so your sister was kind of like, your sister was kind of like your lactation consultant in a way. Yeah. And like doula during yeah. labor and everything. Great, yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you have any other trouble with the breastfeeding after the initial... Uh, difficulty or what was that like Um, for you I mean other than the like cracked and um like bleeding nipples and stuff like that because she cluster fed a lot which is just something that I wasn't really prepared for necessarily Mm -hmm. like I don't think I really knew that much about cluster feeding um and exactly how like physically demanding that is when they're feeding like for 10 minutes like every 20 minutes and you're like 10 minutes on 10 minutes off 10 minutes on yeah Um, it's a lot and she did that for like quite a while I think like three weeks it was really a lot (laughs) how how big was she when she was born um, she was seven pounds, three ounces. Oh, okay. So she wasn't like giant, but she wasn't too small or anything like that. But yeah, um, yeah she was nine days overdue <laughs> right. once she came out. So yeah, uh, I was actually kind of surprised. I was like, well, that's good. Like me and my husband aren't like necessarily super tall people or anything right, like that. So. Right. so how do you feel like the recovery went for you physically? I mean, you had stitches. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, like for an internal tear... Yeah. What was the recovery of that like? How how did you feel in the weeks after that? And you know, generally I didn't really feel like my tear was that like painful or anything, not any more than like just the rest of the area in general. Right. You know, the soreness. Yeah, the soreness and stuff like that. And I used ice packs and I, you know, used the spray stuff that yeah, you know, they tell you to use. or witch yeah, hazel. Yeah. Or, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what I thought was interesting about the recovery is that for me, there were some days where I felt a lot better and then like the next day would be like much worse and so it was more of like an up and down instead of just like oh you'll go from here and you'll get better right it was like some days are good and some days are way worse and I just like I didn't really see that coming I thought it was just gonna be you'll get better and you'll continue to just get better right so that was something I wasn't necessarily prepared for Mm. also the contractions after birth right um, tell me about that was I was really not prepared for that either it can be painful and they would yeah especially during nursing and they can last for a while right yeah Mm -hmm. luckily I mean I was taking ibuprofen pretty religiously (laughs) yeah and so during like the times where I was taking that it really wasn't so bad but then you know after a few weeks my midwife was kind of like yeah you should probably wean yourself off of that um, and then like one day I kind of tried to stop maybe like 
I don't know, two and a half weeks after Mm -hmm. and they were still so bad. Mm. (laughs) I was like, I still need the ibuprofen. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't. You got to do what's best for you for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I think it was finally after like, I don't know, seven or eight weeks. I think it was like seven and a half weeks. I was like, okay, like my bleeding stopped and I feel pretty normal again. Like I feel like pretty decent. And so that was nice. And then it was a week later, I had started my period. Okay, wow. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Even on the with breastfeeding? Or did yeah, you continue I was to not happy okay. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I felt gypped. <laughs> yeah, there's like this myth, isn't there, that if you breastfeed, there's no period. It's not necessarily yeah. true. Everyone yeah. is different. Or like it'll take it six months or it'll take eight months. And it was right. like, huh. no, I had one week in between um, like postpartum bleeding and my period wow. coming back. Wow. Yeah, which I also just really was not prepared for. Yeah. And every time it came, I was angry i was mad i was like this is not okay oh man yeah yeah so i'm sorry it's okay (laughs) it's just it's something that you just like think is not gonna happen right yeah you know and even if you are exclusively breastfeeding you know it could it could happen it could come right back yeah definitely (laughs) definitely how do you feel like your return well my goodness you're pregnant again so (laughs) obviously you started having sex at some point (laughs) yes yeah yeah and do you mind me asking like what that experience was like the first time you tried and did you was it too soon or did you feel like you were all healed when you tried or you know how how did that relationship change yeah so I feel like so It was kind of interesting after I had given birth. It was just a few days that like me and my husband's connection was like really intensified. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like like it was more in love than we had ever been in our life. And it was like I felt so sad that I that we couldn't like share that connection at the time because I was like, you know, it's it's all messed up down there right now. It's like I can't. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so. We we did wait, I would say, at least until after my six-week appointment. Okay. I think it was – I think it was shortly after that. And it was like – we just took it slow, but I really Good. didn't – it was a little bit more uncomfortable, but it wasn't so bad. You know, I didn't really feel like that much like actual pain or anything. Good. And it was only, you know, a few – maybe a few weeks after that first time that it was back to feeling like it did good. Oh, regularly. good. So oh, that makes yeah. me happy to hear yeah. that. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, which I know is not everybody's experience and it can right. be really tough, but I think we, we really did get lucky. Yeah, um, but your experience aspect. is equally valid because a lot of people yeah. have that experience and that's why this whole thing is a spectrum, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. You just don't, it depends on so many factors. But that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome that you were able to feel like you could get back to the, I don't know, back in your sexual body as yeah, soon as you exactly. did. Yeah, exactly. Which mentally was a little bit hard because you're like, you know, your whole body is just totally different and, you yeah. know, you don't feel like super attractive because, you know, your stomach's still deflating and it's like super, like, you know, odd. Yeah. <laughs> you're like trying to figure out your new, like, weird postpartum body and everything right. like that. But it sounds like you guys are a good team and you have good communication. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I think, yeah, really went a long way. Because Mm -hmm. uh, if I wasn't able to like feel super comfortable to be able to do that, then I I don't think it would have went well. Yeah, you know, yeah, so 
Yeah, I think that was really nice. Was there anything about the postpartum period that surprised you like mentally or physically? I would just say, you know, in in the first year, I guess you're still in it. But um, Mm -hmm. anything that you might want to share that would prepare anyone else for that time Um, period? Yeah, I mean, I think the breastfeeding journey at the beginning was really difficult for me mentally with the the cluster feeding and the pain and everything, especially because I was kind of like led to believe if there's like pain during breastfeeding or if there's bleeding, like the latch is wrong and you can fix it and it's a Mm -hmm. fixable problem. And we had seen a lactation consultant and everything and they were like, no, the latches actually looks great. Like Mm -hmm. everything is fine. But for some reason, like I still was having the cracked and bleeding nipples and everything mm-hmm. like that. And it was kind of just something that like other people were like, hey, it'll it'll get better. It'll get better. And it was kind of like, well, nobody told me this was just going to happen indefinitely. Like, <laughs> right, right. It's not getting <laughs> you know? better. So what did what, yeah. what did you do? I ended up using uh, nipple shields for a while to kind of help. It didn't take the pain totally away, but it did mm-hmm. help. Okay. Um, Did you find that that was um, like any harder for the baby to to feed with the nipple shield? No big deal. um, Luckily, she was really adaptable and was fine with that, um, which I know that not everybody gets that lucky, but um, she was able to just kind of like go with the flow and take the nipple shields just fine. And then we didn't really even have that big of a problem once I started to, you know, take them off either. but yeah, the breastfeeding journey in general, if like I even now I'm still breastfeeding while pregnant, which is just a totally different like sensation and feeling and Tell me why. When you get pregnant, your like boobs get more sensitive mm. in general. And so right now like my nipples are just really sensitive. And she also just uh, uh, about a week ago decided she wanted to start biting again, which oh. like <laughs> I <laughs> I am just on a whole other like page with that because I don't know what I want to do because I didn't really see myself weaning this early but now I'm like I feel like I need to wean before the new baby gets here because I don't really want to do tandem breastfeeding because that's just not really you know something that I feel strongly about at all yeah and I also don't want to wean her too late to the point where she associates weaning with the baby coming right right you know so it's like now I'm just mentally in this weird place where I don't necessarily know what to do or when to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, weaning is a yeah. whole thing I want to do a episode, a whole episode on because I yeah. nobody really. I mean, it's different for everybody, but um, especially yeah. if you're pregnant already. And I mean, I don't know. Have you cut back any feedings or? Yeah. So okay. just this last week, actually, I decided to cut back on her like casual like during the day kind of feedings uh-huh. because she had been feeding like probably like six or seven times just Still. during the day oh wow yeah, yeah. Solid yeah. Food so and everything wow that actually just it's been yeah about a week and that has helped me mentally so much good like <laughs> good especially dealing with like all the symptoms of the first trimester Ooh, and throwing and, up i don't know how you're doing it that's really impressive yeah, yeah it's hard yeah <laughs> It's never going to be easy, but I wish you luck with that, you know, because it's hard hard to do that. A question I I always ask is how Mm -hmm. has your relationship with your body changed since giving birth to another human being, right? Yeah. Is that that something you can tell me how how you've gone through? I think at a certain 
point after I felt more like empowered in my own body you know after you kind of get over the fact that like oh, okay I'm squishier you know in certain places now and you know I my body kind of evened back out um like my stomach wise and everything like that it was kind of like you know what like my body did a crazy thing like mm-hmm. it did a crazy thing and I was able to sustain labor for 54 hours like I can do anything you really can (laughs) that's like the hardest thing ever yeah yeah especially like having only you know certain coping mechanisms at my disposal you know what I mean yeah you didn't have any nitrous oxide or anything right so you just had yeah I had myself and my breathing yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some counter pressure and that's pretty yeah. much it. Like, yeah, you were amazing. <laughs> so it was, I think um, like really, yeah, I felt more empowered in my body and more like comfortable in my own skin than I had before. Mm. You know, I didn't have as many like insecurities about my like physical appearance as I used to because it's like you know what I really don't care if anybody else has any opinion on my body whatsoever because they their opinion doesn't really matter to me because I you know I know what my body is capable of good and that to me was like way more important than you know yeah you are a wonder woman already yeah Yeah, yes. for sure. Awesome. Just to wrap up, is there any sort of recommendations that you might give to anyone who's like preparing to become a mom for the first time, whether it be a product or a book or just a word of advice, you know, to anybody? Um, like what stands out in your mind, if anything? You know, I would just say there's no right or wrong way to bring a baby into this world. And you can prepare all you want and it will still shock you I think you know Mm -hmm. coming from me who have done years of research like it still was not what I had thought it was going to be there you can prepare all you want but it'll still rock your world like (laughs) no matter how it happens wow I think great and what about the breastfeeding any recommendations for that do whatever you need to do. If you need to stop whenever, just like don't let anybody shame you or into making any decisions that aren't going to be what's best for you. Because there had been so many times where I had almost just, you know, given up, especially at the beginning, which I mean, I'm glad I didn't, but not to say that that anybody else's decision to or not to is anybody else's business like it is such an intimate relationship that if you're not fully in it if you don't want to do it like just don't like it's not worth it mentally to like put yourself through the mental pain it is that like is pushing through something that's not going to work for you it bugs me so much when people make decisions based on other people's perception or opinion and it's just like Trust yourself and do what is best for you. (laughs) Trust yourself because nobody knows better than you do. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's awesome advice. Wow. Yeah. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I can't wait to hear about the second birth. I hope it's less uh, less time. Are you, you planning for another home birth with the same care with the same midwife? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got really close and connected and everything yeah. like that. And I just like, I wouldn't really imagine my care under anybody else. So okay yeah. good good yeah. that's awesome yeah thank you so much for sharing yeah absolutely thank you so much for having me oh my gosh my pleasure thank you daisy so much for being my guest today if you want to follow her on instagram she's at daisy chanel it's in the show notes just swipe on up on the episode and check out the show notes you'll see a link there you can also follow us the show on instagram at birth show go to our website www birthshow.com for tons of great resources that will help you on your own journey into parenthood. And next week, we have a very exciting guest, a pelvic floor therapist. This is a doctor who is really, honestly, she blew my mind. She has some amazing stuff to say about all the common things that happen to women after you give birth in your pelvic floor region and how to heal from those things, all the common things that you wonder, are is this normal? Or am I the only one that's experiencing this? It's a must-listen episode for any of you who have ever given birth and any of you that are about to. It was very empowering and it was very encouraging to me personally, and I know it will be for you as well. So that's next time. But until then, thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Christy Williams, and you've been listening to Birth. This is a Sync Studios production.